Hello and welcome to another edition of Lit These Days. We had just started recording and then my computer was like, not today, sis, and then it crashed. So here we are. We're starting again. <laughs> Luckily, we were only like two minutes into it. If it would have been 30 minutes into it in my computer, I just lost all the audio that we just did. I would have been so sad. I would have cried maybe a little bit. But anyway, okay, thank you so much for being here if you're returning. And thank you so much if, if this is your first time listening. I'm Jessica. I'm Adam. And we are the hosts of this podcast. And we talk about the books that we finished reading and what we're currently reading. And we give recommendations to our listeners. And Adam, I had just asked you before my computer <laughs> crashed if you had yeah. gotten uh slapped by any children at at school because there's that whole tiktok trend going around and you said no so that's good yeah no i've not i've not been slapped um and and i really don't want to be slapped (laughs) because because i i've broken up many a fight in my 12 years of teaching and and somehow i have never you know taken a taken a stray elbow or a fist so i've never been hit by a student and i would hate to have it be because of a stupid tiktok challenge Again, I kind of think it's overblown. Uh, it doesn't seem like this is happening widespread, although it is. I mean, it's happening, um, which is which is unfortunate. But yeah, even if it does happen, you're not going to know because my district has which <laughs> is constantly dragged through the national news right now. Uh, and intuitive listeners could probably figure out who we are. Uh, but yeah, it's who knows. You'd, there'd have to be a lot of slaps for us to show up on the on the radar anytime soon. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully they're not. There are not a lot of slaps that happen, yeah. and it sounds like it probably will not happen. So that's good. I just can't believe that that's a thing. I was actually talking to my coworker who has an eight-year-old son, and I was telling her about all of the things like that. December is deck the halls with your balls. That TikTok challenge, <laughs> freaking can't stupid. Wait. Can't wait. And, and my coworker is like, "What are you?" talking about and did i mention that she has an eight-year-old son she has an eight-year-old son and i was like yeah maybe if you let him watch tiktoks maybe you should talk to him about this stuff because that's (laughs) that's a thing and she said that he does not watch tiktok so that's good that the eight-year-old does not watch does not watch tiktok yeah i i've said before and i'm basing this off of a stray just yahoo news article that randomly popped up i don't actively seek out yahoo news so i'm sure this is wrong but i i heard that this came from facebook like this list of activities like the year long here's what you're going to do every month came from facebook uh so that's why it's not really widespread although the bathroom thing was widespread but the list came out after the bathroom thing so kind of suspect slash hope it's overblown oh children yeah teachers don't need one more reason to quit (laughs) yikes i keep hearing bring it on hit me i'm out of (laughs) here i'll sue you yeah i've heard that and i've heard i hope i get covid so i can stay home for two weeks (laughs) i it's uh i I don't know how you have been a teacher for over a decade that i i never could have the patience to do that Oh, it's, I mean, most of the decade's been fine. It's really just for some reason, I'm not sure why it's been clustered in the past two years. Mm. Not sure why that is. No. I don't know what's changed in the past two years. Mm. I'll have to think about that one. Who knows? <laughs> Couldn't be that my seventh graders haven't been in school since fifth grade. That's crazy. My goodness. Mm. Anyway, let's talk about books. Yeah. That's why we're Hi, here. Hi, everybody. Woo. <laughs> um, I finished reading A Touch of Darkness by Scarlet St. Clair. Finally. This is the third time mm. I'm talking about it on the podcast, so I'm so <laughs> sorry. 
for everyone who has had to listen to me talk about it multiple times. But I'm going to talk about it again. So here we go. So A Touch of Darkness by Scarlett Sinclair is a modern retelling of Persephone and Hades, the, the Greek myth. If you don't know that Greek myth, Persephone is the goddess of spring and Hades is the god of the underworld slash the dead. No, he is not the god of the dead. That's Thanos. He is the god of the underworld. And in Thanos, the- I thought he was the guy with the infinity ring. So, that's a really bad joke. I'm sorry. No, no, I think I'm right. Thanatos? I think maybe it's Thanatos. I don't know. Some, yeah, something like yeah. that. Thanos is from Marvel. <laughs> I've never, I've never, I, the only Marvel movie I've ever seen is Doctor Strange, and I really liked it. And then I just never re- watched any other Marvel movies. So I feel like I would like the Marvel series, but it seems like a huge commitment to watch all of them because there are so many. Yeah, I I mean I've watched the we're getting way off topic, but yeah, <laughs> it, I mean it's a commitment if you want to watch them all, but I wouldn't recommend it. Honestly, I I've seen maybe half of them, and then I'm at the point now where I'm like I don't care anymore. They're so formulaic; they mm-hmm. have to appeal to such a national, not national, international audience that it's it's very cut and dry. There's no there's no subtlety to these films. I feel that way about Hallmark movies. My aunt Jean <laughs> yeah. and my sister Taylor, they watch hallmark movies on repeat from like november to the end of december they'll just go and watch them together and i'm like this is the same story every single (laughs) time i they drive me insane anyway let me get back let me get back to the book that i was talking about (laughs) i touched darkness by scarlett sinclair persephone is the goddess of spring and hades is the god of the underworld and in the greek myth uh Hades convince no tricks no gets into a contract with Persephone in that she has to bring life to the underworld or if she doesn't do that then for six months of every year she has to stay in the underworld and for six months the other six months of the year she gets to go above and just live her life and in this story it is a modern retelling of that myth and Persephone has been kept a secret from the rest of the gods for her entire life because her mother, Demeter, did not want her to be exposed to them. So Demeter finally lets Persephone go to college in New Greece, which is a fictitious place but is basically Greece. And the gods have come down from Mount Olympus in this this big war a very long time ago. Everything changed. The gods came down from Mount Olympus, and now they live as celebrities, basically, in New Greece. And Persephone is able to go to college. She is in journalism school. She's a senior in college. And she goes with her friend to a nightclub that Hades owns. It's a very exclusive place. She meets Hades. And what Hades does there is he... People come to him and and bargain with him for things. So... They're like, oh, my, I have cancer. Can I do, uh, can I play a game with you? And if I win, then I get to live longer. And if I lose, then you get my soul right away. So everyone sees Hades as this terrible person who, or God, who um, just exploits people and their weaknesses. But actually what he's doing is say there is a, an, an alcoholic that comes and the alcoholic wants something and Hades is like okay if you give up alcohol I will grant whatever you want and so basically he's trying to make people better he's trying to get people to give up their vices in order to 
just be better people. But people don't see him that way. <laughs> yeah, I guess it doesn't sound like a terrible guy. <laughs> no, people just think that he's because he, they don't see that side of it. They just people just mm. know that he is making all these bargains and taking people's souls and all this stuff. Um, and so Persephone gets into a bargain with him. And she has six months to bring life into the underworld, or for the rest of eternity, she'll have to spend six months in the underworld and six months above ground. And that's why they have seasons in the Greek myth. I, I always thought that was cool. In, oh, in that when, when she's underground, because she's a goddess of spring, when she's underground, then it's cold outside. And then when she's above ground, then it's all warm and, and fun. Anyway, so Hades and Persephone start spending a lot of time together and it is a romance so you can you know how it kind of ends up there and how they're spending their time yeah <laughs> and i thought that it was a pretty solid book i'd give it like a three out of five stars i think that there are some continuity errors like i was talking about last podcast she's talking to someone on the phone and then someone else comes up to her and just starts talking to her in real life. We never get that she hangs up the phone. We just get that she gets a text message from this person that she was just talking to on the phone. So there are continuity errors like that, which I think are kind of funny. I think that I'm fairly certain that this book is self-published, so I think that that's probably why. And so people say that this book is very steamy, and I would say... There's a moderate amount of steam. There's a good amount of steam, <laughs> but it is not like, oh my god, this is the steamiest book I've ever read in my life. So I think that people, I don't, maybe I just, maybe I just have a different definition of steam than other people do, which I probably do. But I didn't think it was that steamy. I also think that by the end of it, you know, I had spent so much time with these characters, and I felt like I didn't know them at the end of it, which was crazy to me. And I think the reason why is it's told in third-person omnipotent, omni omniscient? Omnipotent. Omnipotent. There you mm, go. Sorry. Sorry. No, that's... Yeah, omniscient. You're correct. Omnipotent means the same thing, but yeah. Yeah. So basically, third-person Persephone feels this. Hades feels this. That's kind of what I'm going for there. That's how it's told. And... <laughs> I prefer books that are told in the first first person point of view because I can actually connect and like get in the story a little bit better. Yeah. And so I feel like I didn't connect with the characters in that way because it's told in third person. So that's probably just like a personal thing. And if other people like third person more, this book would be perfect for you. I just didn't feel like I got a good sense of who they were as people because it, I felt removed from it the whole time. But all, all in all, three out of five stars. It's a solid read. I would recommend it. Bad. It's interesting that she didn't use third person limited instead of omniscient. Mm. I guess that goes along with the God's eye perspective of things. But if it's self-published, then I wonder, you know, I've seen a lot of self-published books that are omniscient and like eh, i don't know if it like limited might be a little bit better it is third person limited because oh, you, only, okay. you only get persephone's yeah yeah that's what i'm trying to say yes you only get persephone's view of it i know that there are other books in the series that are told from hades point of view but yeah. in the third person I don't know. It's always weird to me. Like, just make it in first person. That's my thought. Well, it sounds like that might be a characterization issue then, if it's limited. 
because you should be getting more of <laughs> Persephone's thoughts on things if it's if it's third person limited as opposed to omniscient. I always think of omniscient as like that, like that's for your fantasy novels, that's for your big epics, not not this. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. That's very interesting. It does seem like a book like of this caliber should be should be first person. I pulled it up on on Goodreads to check and see if it was self published, and and I believe that it it is because it says published um, by Scarlet Saint Clair. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you <laughs> so go. So I'm assuming that means it's self published. It also has the cover that just looks like it would be a a self-published uh, cover. Not that it's a bad cover by any means. Popular asked que- or popular answered questions. Are there any explicit sex scenes in this book? Answer. Yes, there is. There are. Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> there so are. So there you go. But yeah. they're not, you know, they're not like 50 shades of gray. Caliber. <laughs> yeah. There's not that many in there. There's maybe yeah. four, three or four. Okay. All right. Pass. Anyway. <laughs> That's that's what I finished reading. Cool, cool. I I have three books to talk about Ooh. this week. Oh, only one that I finished. Okay. Um, I was like, man, like, you are rocking. Now I'm going to warn you ahead of time. Two of them are like the, like the anti Jess books. Like, don't go anywhere near these books. Okay. I'll tell you ahead of time. But then the third one, highly recommend. I think you'll dig the third one. Okay. Um, but but the first one, it's still. I don't know when this podcast is going out. Probably after Halloween, but it's still the Halloween season. Beginning of for November. Me. Think. beginning of november so right after that's fine um so i broke my book buying ban and i and i bought some bought some spooky reads we love that and somebody that i've wanted to check out i've talked before about how like i'm trying to find like a good manga because i really loved akira but then everything is just like it's like not a lot is working for me but there's this horror writer uh and illustrator uh junji ito and he wrote this book called no longer human i've really been wanting to check him out because he's he's highly recommended his artwork is really creepy uh and really cool he's done adaptations of books uh, like frankenstein um he's he's known for i think the series is called tomi uh but he comes highly recommended so i picked up this one because this came out and i was like ah interesting this is based on a novel by uh, Asamu Desai, who uh, wrote a book called No Longer Human. The direct translation is called Disqualified from Being a Human Being or something like that, something along those lines. And it's one of the most like famous works of Japanese literature. So I was like, well, there you go. Can't go wrong with that. Um, I have a question. Yeah. I just raised my hand like a student. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Please don't hit me. <laughs> Is he, she, uh, he, he, is he, he, um, still alive, or is this someone who's passed no, away? no, um, so he would have passed away regardless of how he actually passed away because he would have been. This came out in this is pre World War Two, I believe. Okay, this is when no longer human came out. Yeah, so it's a yeah, it's pre World War Two. Um, and you can there's definitely some some <laughs> World War grumblings going along uh in there and there's some scenes too of like where the where the main character joins in with this marxist group um you know and they get you know beaten up by the law so there's definitely there's a cool historical perspective to it but massive massive and i hate using these but i really need to use it today flashing lights trigger warning for the entire damn book um essentially people believe with with strong reasoning that this was like his his last will like this was his suicide note because he killed himself very very shortly afterwards um with his lover wife i'm I'm not sure uh in a way that was similar to an attempt that occurs in this book Mm. um this is like 
beyond bleak. This book is absolutely beyond bleak. Um, and I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to read an adaptation of it before I read the actual book. I don't know that I would actually go back and read the actual book at this point. Um, although I think this was this was turned up to 11 in terms of like the bleakness and, and the violence of this book because it's a horror fiction writer. And I think that really lent itself to this, but it's all psychological horror. Uh, which I don't think I was really prepared for. So my recommendation for this book would be, it was a really interesting read. I can see why it's so famous, but nobody should ever read it. It follows this guy from birth until um, <laughs> later in life, who has always, he's sexually abused as a child multiple times. Uh, and he always has this sense of like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to be a human being. I don't like other human beings. So I'm just going to be like the class clown. Like I'm going to be the, the the person that people like because like he's funny, but I don't necessarily have to be part of that respectable society. I don't have to be that type of person. Um, but because of that, he keeps causing and it almost becomes ridiculous as the as the story goes on. He keeps causing other people's deaths, like almost incidentally, at least to start. So like at the very, very start of the book, he befriend there's this there's this kid and you can tell he has some kind of like intellectual and physical disability in his school that kind of sees through his BS. Uh, Ozo is the main character's name. So where he, like, he's a clown, uh, this, this kid will look at him and go like, hey, you did that on purpose. Hey, you didn't mean this. And he gets terrified that this kid's going to like reveal his secrets that he just doesn't know how to manage his life. So he hangs out with him and this kid is like in love with the guy's sister. So he, he keeps pretending that like his sister likes this kid. Um, and it goes on and on and on to the point where like he's, he's sending the kid letters of like, yeah, I want to meet up with you, blah, 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 blah. And of course this goes poorly. You know, she like slaps him, like, get away from me. I don't want to, I don't want to see you anymore. And, and this, this, this kid ends up dying by suicide. Um, that's kind of how this starts. And then that kid's face, which is very distinctive, haunts this kid through the rest of his life pops up like absolutely everywhere um it is so <laughs> damn bleak it's awful i mean every it's it's almost like it got bleak enough that i stopped being disturbed by it if that makes sense because oh. i was like oh we're gonna add another thing onto this <laughs> like and then when i went back and read the synopsis of what it was adapted from i was like okay there's like there's a lot added to this. Like even like that kid is in the story, but he doesn't like he doesn't trick the kid. The kid doesn't end up dying by suicide. The kid's face doesn't haunt him throughout the story. So it's really laid on thick. Wait, so who um, adapted it then? Because so Junji Ito did not. Junji Ito adapted it. Oh, he, so he's the he's the manga artist. the The original novel is Asamu Desai. Oh, okay. So Junji Ito is still alive. He's not pre World War. Oh, okay. World War II. I got gotcha. Yeah, but the original novel is pre-World War II. And I was thinking that as, as I was reading it, I was like, there's there's no way this was published in Japan, like in this exact like form pre pre-World War II. And and indeed it was it was not. Um but it it just gets this level of it's beautiful artwork, it's haunting artwork, it's very artistically well done. 
and rendered um just like the 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 psyche behind everything where he's he's kind of drifting through life and i guess that's where the connection has come from it's very well reviewed and i was kind of baffled by like okay this has like it's got like 4.37 or something on goodreads but like thousands and thousands and thousands of reviews and i I know a lot of times it's like okay this is a popular artist so maybe that's the reasoning behind it but i think people can connect with the basic like i don't know how to fit in um and because i don't know how to fit in like i keep making these mistakes um and i've been there before like it feels like those mistakes are really like world shattering but they're not but in his case they're world shattering (laughs) like just truly awful things are happening because of it um and I was going to describe some of those things, but I'm not going to because they're it's pretty bleak. But it's it, like everything's in there. You have the I mean, you have the the sexual abuse at the beginning. You have quite a few death by suicide. Um, you've got drug addiction, like absolutely everything you could throw in there is like make this as bleak as possible. It's like a checklist. So by the by the end of it, I was like, OK, like I'm I was disturbed by this. But now now it seems like we're just laying it on so thick, like we're purposely trying to lay it on so thick that it took me out of the book a little bit. Yeah. Did it put you in a reading slump at all? Because when I read books like that, I'm like, I don't want to read anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. No, it didn't put me in a reading slump. Um although I finished it last night, so who knows. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> it didn't I, I suspect I read half of it the day before and then and then I finished the other half. It's about six hundred pages, but manga is oh very gosh. quick to read. Yeah. Um and I was concerned, like, is this gonna like <laughs> is this gonna trigger myself? Is this gonna put me in a really like like bleak, depressed mood? And, and it did not. Um and I think that's that's maybe maybe because he's so unrelatable as a person, like the experience, the general like universal experiences of feeling like you can't fit in with society as a whole. Like, yeah, that's going to connect to most people. But he's also a terrible, terrible person, which removes you from the narrative a bit. Um, and again, because it gets so like because it gets so bad it really just snowballs out of control eventually it just breaks through and you're like oh okay like you can kind of predict like here's the next bad thing that's going to happen here's the next oh there's there's a fire and somebody's trapped inside the building well somebody else that this character loves is going to run into that building for sure and then they're going to be burned up and then that face is now going to haunt him for the rest of his life and it's like you can kind of start to predict like okay i see how this is going if i were writing something and i wanted it to get worse and worse here's what i would place as, as next yeah that seems like a very 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 intense book and you are right that is not a just book at all yeah it's it's intense it reminded me of uh hubert selby jr's uh the room which is another oh. book like I, I have no idea how i made it through the room is that um, that movie that's so bad that everyone <laughs> just loves it because it's terrible <laughs> No, that is a great movie. And you oh. should watch that movie. Uh, no, but this is Hubert Sibley Jr. wrote Last Exit to Brooklyn, which I've never read. He also uh, wrote Requiem, Requiem for a Dream, which is a movie that. based on that. Uh, don't watch it. It'll It's so bleak, so depressing. But uh, Last Exit to Brooklyn, he got really famous for. And then he spent all his money on heroin. And he wrote this book while he was strung out on, on oh. heroin. Um, and his books are generally hard to read because he ignores punctuation and grammar. Um, and he uses a, he uses a slash instead of apostrophes because it was too far away on his keyboard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he did everything on a typewriter. 
But it's like the the book is this guy gets arrested for something like something minor. And then he like gets his revenge on these police in this very comical way. Like he just like walks up and like boop bumps their heads together and runs away. And he's like, ah, and then that scene happens again and again for 200 pages and gets worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where it's like he's torturing them. Like these people should be dead, but he's keeping them alive. And then at the very end of the book, spoilers, but I don't want anyone to read this book. Um, he is called out of his jail cell to, for his like, you know, first court meeting for this, this minor thing that he got in trouble for. And you realize that like, he's just been sitting in his jail cell for like a day, just continually like fantasizing about like what he would do to these police if he got a hold of them. Um, that put me in a reading slump because I was like, this is, so maybe having the disconnect of it being a manga, or it Rather being than, so over the top that it's just not believable anymore. Right, right. And starting a little over the top, um, not enough to take you out of the narrative. Um, whereas, like, I don't know, with The Room, it's a sense of, like, it's, it starts comically and it gets worse and worse and worse. And you're in this guy's psyche as opposed to, like, you know, with the manga, you're also able to analyze the choices that Ito makes for, like, like oh, that's really cool. Especially with the kid's face popping up everywhere um and there's these constant beats that happen early in the story that just haunts this guy's psyche throughout so like the artwork and the direction of it is really cool um but i'm gonna try a different junji ito book and get back to you on that one okay i know that he because so every week i send out a list of new books that have just come out i'm actually gonna start putting that on our blog starting this week Mm. so that i can more people can use it um, but anyway, there was a book that he just released that I don't know anything about, but I know that he just released a book. So maybe you can go nice. and look at that one. Maybe that would be interesting. Yeah. Do I remember what it's maybe called? I check it no, out. I, I don't remember what it's called, to be honest with you. I'll, I'll take a look. The packaging, I will say, is, is very nice. Mm-hmm. This is like um, Viz, Viz Media uh, signature book. Um, so you can see there, like that's the that's the cover of it. if you're listening to this you can't see it but it's a very like white cover it says no longer human and it has a cutout and one of the main characters drawings uh paintings is in the center there um but it's a cutout so if you open it up you can see like the entire painting on the on the hardcover that's cool so very well designed books mm-hmm. if you're into that yeah purchase it and just stick it on a shelf don't read it <laughs> just just display it that's honestly mm. half my books right now are just they've just been sitting there forever because i have not read them i should really get on that they're just decoration at this point but we need decorations though too so we're, we're working through it um did you have any other books that you wanted to talk about for the finish segment it's the only one that i finished okay okay so for me what am i currently reading actually the question should be what am i not currently reading at this point because it's getting a a bit ridiculous so i've talked about this book before um i am still in the middle of it everybody writes by ann handley oh yeah um i am in the the worst situation possible in in my entire (laughs) life right now and that's me being dramatic but i'm a dramatic person so here we are um i'm stuck in a jail cell and i'm (laughs) fantasizing I'm in a reading slump right now. It's terrible. I finished reading A Touch of Darkness. So we record on Sundays. I finished reading A Touch of Darkness last week Sunday. 
and I have not read anything since then. And I've tried so hard to pick up books. I've I did not pick up any or I did not read anything from Everybody Writes. It's basically just a book about how to copyright better. It's really good. It's really funny. It's not dry at all. Uh, haven't read any of this this week, so I can't really give an update on it. If you want to hear about it, I talked about it in the last week's episode, and I'll talk about it again when I do finish it. But I have tried to read so many different books this week. I am really excited for this book, Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas, mm-hmm. which is a I don't even know what it's about because I like to go into books not knowing what they're about. All I know is that some there there is a transgender character who falls in love with a ghost. I think I read the description of it on the last episode, but I started reading it and I was just like, I'm not in the mood for this right now. You know, sometimes you're just not in right. you're just not in the mood for a specific book. So I picked up a completely different book. So, this Cemetery Boys is more fantasy-type situation. Magical realism, maybe, I would call it, hmm. perhaps. And so then I picked up this book that just came out. I, no, it was published in the UK a couple years ago, but it just came out in the US recently. It is Out of Love by Hazel Hayes. It is a romance, and it caught my eye because I actually had an idea for this book a long time ago. And <laughs> you wrote the book before it came out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I started writing it, but now it's already been done. So now I can't, yeah. <laughs> now I can't finish it. It's uh, basically about a couple who um, they break up and then you kind of analyze their relationship. Like it goes backwards in time. It starts at the breakup and then it goes backwards and they kind of are analyzing hmm. why they broke up. Which that was the idea that I had for a book, and now it's already been done, so I can't do it. But I was so excited. That's a very for broad it. concept, though. I think you could you can still pull it off. Maybe I shall try. Yeah, because to... that's just structure; it's not story content. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. That makes sense. Um, but I started reading it, and it was so sad. I was like, eh. <laughs> no, it's just so it's too sad for me. Right? So I didn't read it, and I just I just don't know what to do because I am in a reading slump. So I think. What I'm going to do, because typically when I'm in a reading slump, I just have to wait for it to pass. But we run a podcast mm. about books, and that is not acceptable. <laughs> so Big problem. <laughs> what I want to do is I picked up this book in Barnes Noble a few weeks ago in the steamy section. They ha- literally had a, a table of just steamy books, and like Fifty Shades of Grey was on there, whatever. This book, Desperate Measures oh. <laughs> by Katie Robert. It's pretty short. It's also yeah. supposed to be very steamy. It's and got a snake on the cover. <laughs> it does. It sounds it sounds very much like a touch of darkness. Actually, I think mm. I picked it up from the same table, to be honest with you. It says <laughs> Oh, Touch of Darkness was in Barnes and Noble? It was, yeah. Oh, very nice. Oh yeah, you you mentioned that last week. Yeah, I was very That's surprised cool. because it is it is self published, but it's very popular mm. right now, so I think they just jumped on that bag bandwagon. Yeah. They're like they can make us this book can make us money let's do it but breakthrough so typically what i have to do is wait for a reading slump to pass but i'm not gonna do that so i'm gonna try and read this book because it's very short and it seems something that i can get through very quickly the back of it says my savior dot 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 or (laughs) 
my ruin question mark one night and my entire life went up in flames all because of him jafar as my world burned down around me he offered me a choice walk away with nothing but my freedom dot 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 or rise to his challenge and win my fortune back i bargained i lost now jafar owns me and even as my mind rails against his rules my body loves the punishments he deals out when I break Oh my them. god. <laughs> but That's a, uncomfortable. But a killer cage <laughs> is still a prison. I'll do anything to obtain my freedom, even betray the man I'm falling for. So, sounds sounds wow. very steamy. Sounds a little yeah. embarrassing. Maybe I'll be embarrassed <laughs> again. But, but like, what else? It's, it's got beats of that. What was that last one? Den of Vipers. Den of Vipers. Yeah, yeah, that was a terrible book. No one ever should read that book. Anyway, <laughs> that's like the entire podcast today. Here's a book I read that no one should ever read. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the anti pod, the anti what we should yep. be doing podcast? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that is a long way for me to say I'm not currently reading anything, but I hope to be reading something very soon. And what I'm wondering is what you're currently reading. Well, where do you? I'm excited to talk about this book because I think it might help. But where do you? Where do you think your reading slumps? stem from because it very rarely happens to me but it has happened before i think that i'm just and this is such a boring answer i think i'm just stressed out because Hmm. my job was a little crazy this week and i'm starting school on tuesday so i'll be going to school full-time and i'll be working full-time and you know the podcast and but the podcast yeah. is a fun thing. I yeah, it's never like work for me, but it does take up quite a bit of time. And I'm just like, mm. hi everybody, it's me again. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I do enjoy doing the podcast. I'm just yeah, I think I'm I'm pre-stressed for yeah. for what's going to happen, and I think that I just can't wrap my mind around just sitting and reading for a while. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I, well, and I feel like I get forced slumps. Well, like two weeks ago when I had absolutely, I was only reading my audiobook in the car. Um, and then that Bukowski book kind of broke me, broke me out of that because now I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to sit down and read. I've gotten it before um, where I've read a book that's so good that I just can't get into anything else. That has not happened for a while. Um, go ahead and the rain notes to a tribe called Quest, which I've talked about before. That knocked me for a loop for a while where I was like, nothing can ever measure up. But I think I have. I think I might have a solution for you. I think I might have a, a balm for for this stressful time. I okay. well, before I get to the the content of this book, how this will seem random. How many weeks, Jess, do you think the average human being has from birth to death? Um, can I? I'm I'm gonna pull out my calculator. Okay. Really quickly, okay. Because fast math. Me and her do not get Well, just along. take a guess. Just so, take a guess. Well, I want to have an educated <laughs> guess. I'm going to guess. Okay, so there's 52 weeks yep. in a year. And the average person, I will say, lives for 75 years. Yep. 3,900. Holy cow. 4,000. Yeah. Nicely Ooh, done. I'm so close. 4,000 weeks. So I picked up a book that's kind of like an anti-me book. Uh, it's called 4,000 Weeks. Um time management for mortals by oliver berkman let me tell you um self-help books especially time management books especially like be better at your job books um unless they're specific to education just hate them like they're the opposite of anything that i want 
to read with a few exceptions um i liked the some of the seven habits of highly effective people although lately like even the the to-do list system which is really what i adapted from that like i'm like no this doesn't this doesn't work power of habit Mm -hmm. uh was another great book but this one oh this is great so (laughs) this guy was like a self-help uh time management writer um like he had a in a a major publication he had um what do you call it what do you call it when you have your own section of the newspaper uh, column um, column he had his own column and it was all about time management so he would do different time management techniques he would employ them in his own life he would write about them um and he started to find that nothing was working And, and some of the things that were the most effective would just create more work for him so this book Mm -hmm. is all about okay you have four thousand weeks to live really what should be at the forefront of your mind when you are approaching um how to tackle too many things to do is to accept that you have a finite amount of time and there is absolutely no possible way that you will finish everything or even half the things on your to-do list and that ignoring a lot of them is often perfectly fine (laughs) although it takes a little bit of intuition as to what you can ignore. Um, but always keep at the forefront of your mind that you're going to die. <laughs> like oh you're going to die, but it's not, he doesn't do it in a, in a bleak way. It's this like you, you don't, you have a finite amount of time. You don't want to spend all of your time just trying to optimize your performance at work and then never getting there. Um, also, while you have a finite amount of time and on average you have 4,000 weeks, yeah, it could end like, yeah, I don't know, my house could fall down right now and then that's the that's the end of it. Like, did you really want to be worrying about clearing out your email every day? <laughs> like, is that really how you want to spend your time? Um, so it's really cool. It's really interesting. It's got some history behind it. Um, and what I really like is he, he tackles free time as well. Um, so he talks a lot about how like like all of our time is spent with time management like all of our time is spent checking things off or trying to do absolutely everything that we can do including our leisure time so like people really don't sit around and just like do nothing or just enjoy like it always has to be like okay uh now that i have my free time i'm gonna add all of these things to the list and here's what i want to do in what order and then that just creates more burnout that just creates more like just emptiness when in regards to what you are doing so i really i really dig it i think you'll dig it I don't, I don't want to interrupt you here, but I have just as that's that just triggered something in my mind that I read an article one time about how, or was it a TED talk? I don't remember. Anyway, someone was talking about how we as humans have evolved to not want to be bored mm-hmm. any ever. You know, we don't allow ourselves to be bored, so we just keep piling on stuff to our lives, even when we're supposed to be just relaxing because we don't just sit and do nothing we do we can't do it anymore anyway that was my little yeah i mean that's part of it and and he goes into that as well um and he does a lot of like like he he talks about like medieval peasants um and how people had a different concept of time and he's very he's very good about being like i'm not calling for people to return to the work habits of medieval peasants (laughs) bear with me here but that there there wasn't really a concept of oppressive time 
Like <laughs> people would, you know, just just leave the fields and, and go do something else. And they wouldn't worry about like, oh, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Is this going to go out of place? Um, there really wasn't there really wasn't anything behind that. Uh, but especially with like the Industrial Revolution, um, time really started to get managed as uh, and part of this comes down to workers rights too, like good things like creating that, you know, that that eight hour workday, the 40 hours a week um, where you're now working in order to obtain things in order to do things in your free time so now you have to make sure that you do those things in your free time um and everybody has to do certain things all together like we all have to own houses and blah 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 so it has broad implications um, but those broad implications can be applied you know from a from a day-to-day standpoint and talking a lot too about like even when we're <laughs> our, our our free time is so finite that we spend a lot of our time thinking like okay i'm enjoying this moment i'm enjoying this moment i'm going to enjoy this moment where we're not even really enjoying things because we're telling ourselves that we have to enjoy things uh and, and a lot of things that we do like like meditation courses that people take like they're not really for your your health benefit they're for the benefit of like relax so you could get more things done like that's the mindset that we need to kind of pull pull back from I never even thought about that, but yeah, yeah, that is that is what we do. I I hate that we do yeah. that. It's fascinating. It's it's really cool. I mean, it, I think for your standpoint, he talks a lot about social media as well. Um, mm-hmm. About like yeah. that becomes oppressive in our free time because we don't take a second to step back and go, oh, four thousand people are being paid to keep me on this scroll for as long as possible. So like that's why it feels like we've wasted time when when we do things mm-hmm. like that um so he doesn't in terms of like practical advice he doesn't give a ton but he also doesn't need to because it's a shift of perspective small things like you know maybe you can just decide that your house doesn't need to be clean all the time <laughs> like so you don't get in this habit of well, going to work we don't want we don't want bugs in the house yeah but... <laughs> from the same point of like you go to work and then you come home and you clean and then you go to bed. yeah like you can just you could just decide like there can be clutter in your life that's perfectly fine you don't need a book to <laughs> like tell you how to declutter your life and then tell you how to manage your time uh and then tell you how to do these things because everything is built to create more work and, and email is always the example to return to where he talks about like you know there are techniques where you can clear out your email but here's what's going to happen you're going to become known as the person that responds to emails immediately and you're going to get twice the amount of emails that you got before and then it's going to become impossible or what you could do is ignore your emails he's like a good indicator of emails you can ignore is if they say please read in the subject line don't read them (laughs) and you have to get you have to get good at this but and i've noticed this too especially because like i'm i'm typically very good about clearing my email and this week is or this (laughs) this year has just been impossible that so many things have just slipped behind and i'm like oh that person came and talked to me or that just never needed to happen in the first place. Like, I guess a lot of this is just, you know, BS that I, I didn't mm-hmm. need to worry about in the first place. That makes me a little anxious to think about that. If things would start falling by the wayside, because I, I hate letting people down. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. So if there's something that falls, um, falls through the cracks with me i just feel so bad about it and i'm just like i'm so sorry that this happened ah but 
that's that's a personal thing that I need to get over. Well, and it's it's important to note too, like he doesn't he's not advocating for like <laughs> be lazy at your job or like but it's the acceptance of like <laughs> okay, every deadline now is an emergency and it can't possibly be that way. Like there has to be and it takes practice, but there has to be the sense of like I can't possibly do everything I'm being told to do. Like it's just absolutely mm-hmm. not possible. Uh and for me a lot of times it's like I'll see the person and be like, "Hey, I got I saw that you sent me an email. What what's going on?" So you can you can kind of better gauge those things. But again, in terms of like practical advice, it's not hyper specific, but I'm also halfway through the book, so so okay. more on that next week. It's short. I think this could possibly zap you out of a zap you out of a reading slump. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to try it. I'll try I'm going to try this desperate measures one first. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, start with that, and I'm very excited <laughs> for it. And maybe I'll be embarrassed about it, like I was when I talked about Den of Vipers. And maybe I just won't talk about no, it. No, you got to enjoy anyway. your free time, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that one makes you enjoy your free time. Go for it. But I'll try that one. I don't know if it does. Well, I actually, I think I'll read that book. Four thousand, four thousand weeks. Four thousand weeks of uh, there's a there's a subtitle to it. Colon. Col- there's, a so colon. there's a colon. There's a colon. Time management for mortals. All right, right, right. Yeah, I think I'll read that no matter what because that sounds like something that I need to read. Yeah, it's like uh, the audiobook I think is like six hours long, so it, it's oh, very it's probably short. like two hundred pages or something like that. Okay, okay. Did you have any other books to talk about in this segment? I did, but I'm going to save it because it is uh, the Living Dead, a new novel by George Romero and Daniel Krauss. Um, and I have quite a I like the cover. I, it's yeah, it's really cool. I have quite a bit to say about it. And again, it's like anti-jest novel. It's so gory. It's so over the top gory. But it's not it's not psychologically bleak. Like there's a lot of social commentary to it. Um I will just say this. It's a six hundred plus page book, and I've been avoiding bigger books as of late, with the exception of War and Peace over the summer. Um, and it was kind of refreshing to dive into, like to open up a long book and actually like sit and read 200 pages of it. Not in one sitting, but you know, it took the whole week. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you don't want to talk about that? Let's, just quite let's yet? save it. Let's save it for next week. Okay. I don't want to lay the okay. horror on too thick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Okay. So as I said at the top, we do book recommendations for our listeners and we just ask that people send us questions so that we can answer them and if you would like a personalized rating recommendation it's free it's super easy go to our website it's linked in the show notes below click on the get recommendation button it's a quick little google form that you fill out you can ask us for a book that's similar to one that you just read or in a genre that you want to get into or that you have been into whatever we'll we'll answer whatever and the book that we have or the question that we have for this week is I need a book similar to The Lovely Bones or The Tara Grant Murder. And I'll probably just go ahead and explain these books just in case our listeners don't know what they are. I did not know what The Tara Grant Murder was before I looked it up. I have not read that one. Just going to be honest about that one. Um, But the first one, The Lovely Bones by Alice Siebold, is um, about a girl who is on her way home from school in December in 1973. She's 14 year old, 14 years old. Her name is Susie Salmon, like the fish. And she is lured into a makeshift underground den in a cornfield where, oh, 
okay, let me just give a a content warning for the rest (laughs) of this episode. The rest of this episode is very um, rape and uh, murder heavy. We'll be talking about those those things. So um, if you don't want to hear about those things, Mm -hmm. then I would just skip the rest of this episode and we'll see you next week. That that said, the Um, the Lovely Bones was like tremendously popular in the early 2000s. It was like everybody Mm -hmm. was reading the Lovely Bones. So a lot of listeners probably know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so the main character, Susie Salmon, is lured into an underground den in a, cor- a, den in a cornfield, and she's brutally raped and murdered, and she is the victim of a serial killer in the area who was also her neighbor, Mr. Harvey. So, the book it unfolds while the main character, Susie, is in heaven, where life is a perpetual yesterday quote-unquote and um Susie narrates and she keeps watch over her grieving family and friends and she also watches the man that killed her and the detective that's working on her case and then um kind of goes into you know how every person has their own version of what heaven looks Mm -hmm. like kind of talks about that a lot um and it's very much a coming of age story i'm just i'm going through the the notes that are on goodreads because i i read it a long time ago and i can't remember all of it um but so Susie is struggling to accept her death and she still is clinging to the living the living world and her family starts to disintegrate while they're grieving her father becomes determined to find her killer her mom just kind of withdraws and her little brother attempts to make sense of this new hole in his family um and then her younger sister Lindsay, um goes through the coming of age like teenage and young adult years um while Susie is kind of watching over her as well um so I read this book. I was probably a junior or senior in high school. I remember that I did not like it at all. And I know that this book is super popular and a lot of people liked mm-hmm. it. So I'm not shitting on anyone who liked this book. I The only thing that I know about this book, the only thing that I remember about this book is that I didn't like it. I gave it a one star on oh, Goodreads. <laughs> and then... When she goes to heaven, there's a monkey that is doing intake and a talking monkey that's like doing all of her paperwork yeah. for her. And I think that Alice Siebel, mm-hmm. the author, she tried to put in humorous things into it because it is a very heavy topic. She tried to put humorous things like that monkey in there and it just didn't land for me. So I just don't think the humor was fantastic. Do you, you probably don't remember, in, in but way. does it come off as like, oh, this is a kid's interpretation of heaven, so there's a monkey there? Or does it come off as like, okay, after all of that, let's take some breathing room and look at look at a funny monkey? I, it probably is the that it's a kid's interpretation of heaven because it does go into 
you know, every person has their own interpretation of what mm-hmm. heaven looks like. But it's also probably, I think the author put it in there as comic relief that just didn't hit for me. So I wasn't a huge fan of the book, but, and a lot of people liked it. So that's just my opinion. And I, I wanted to touch on, before I go into what I'm going to recommend for this, I wanted to touch on the other book that this person asked about, which is the Tara Grant murder. Um, so I had no idea what this, I'd never heard of this book before. Um, so I'll just read the description of it to their suburban Detroit neighbors. Stephen and Tara Grant were happy as could be, but their marriage, plagued by resentment and extramarital affairs, was held together only by their children. Until the night Stephen snapped, strangled, and dismembered his wife, then disposed of her body piece by piece in the very park his children played in. This is a real story that actually happened. Yeah, I didn't actually know because it was in quotes. I didn't know it was an actual book, so I ended up reading about the <laughs> the actual Tara Grant murder. Um, so that's good to know that it is a... Is it a nonfiction book, I would assume? Yeah, it's true like crime. a um, true crime. Yes, yes. That's that's the question. That's the word I was looking for. Um, so <sighs> the book that I'm going to recommend for this is a book that I have not read, I'm not, but I'm recommending it on speculation that I would actually like it because it, and it is by the same author who wrote The Lovely Bones, mm. but it is a nonfiction memoir about how she was raped and beaten while she was on her way home from, um, from school from college she was in college and she was walking through a park and she was raped and beaten and it's called lucky by alice siebold and the title comes from the fact that she went to the police to report her assault and one of the police officers told her that she was lucky that she didn't get murdered and that's where the the title comes from and i think that this book would be a great in-between for both of these books that they're asking about because it's got it's non-fiction and it's kind of a, a true crime because it follows it follows her as she's trying to get justice for what happened to her and it it really talks about how difficult it is for survivors of sexual assault to get justice mm-hmm. for for those things um so I think it has a little bit of that true crime aspect of it in there. And it's also by Alice Bold, And it's about her rape, which is basically what The Lovely Bones is about as well. So it, from what I can tell, it really goes into depth about how the author dealt with her trauma in the aftermath of her rape. And how women often struggle to get justice for these kinds of situations. And... Um, Siebold, I actually found a quote from her. She wrote the novel uh, because we often don't talk about rape and she wanted to call more attention to the subject. And she said, one of the reasons why I wrote it is because tons of people have had similar stories, not exactly the same, but similar. And I want the world, I want the word rape to be used easily in conversation, which I think is very Mm. important that we definitely don't talk about it enough and i it really bothers me as well that people are always like oh girls make sure you don't go here 
after dark, make sure you always have someone with you and make sure that you fill up your gas tank before it's dark outside and all of this stuff when we don't tell our boys, hey, don't rape women. Right. You know, that really bothers right. me. But and it, yeah, so Lucky by Alice. And I, I don't remember when Lucky came out, but I, but I feel like it has made some strides in that in that arena and that we do talk about it more. Um, <laughs> it's obviously it's not solved. There's still a huge problem with everything that you just said. But um, I think that no, that novel, I think that memoir has had an impact, which is good, especially if that's the part mm-hmm. of the point of, of writing it. I consulted an expert for this question uh, because I have not read The Lovely Bones, but my wife loves uh true crime and like murder mysteries modern murder mysteries and she has read the lovely bones she's in a similar boat of you though where she read it a long time ago i believe she read it in high school and didn't remember a ton except for the fact that she didn't like it um but and she was i like your wife already (laughs) but she she liked this question because she'd been talking for several days of i i got a song for achilles for her and she didn't want to start it Mm. Because she's like, have you ever like, have you ever had a book that like it's, the hype around it is so high that you don't want to read it because you don't want to disappoint yourself? Um, and very, that's exactly <laughs> why I haven't finished Song of Achilles. I put it down and I didn't yeah. finish it because I don't want to be disappointed. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, and I'm I need sorry. to tell her that because unhelpfully I was like, no, that feelings never existed in my body before. <laughs> and then we had friends come over last night and she was like, let me ask you this, and they both were like, no. Um, so that's that's good to know. But she said that. When I asked her this question, she said, "That's I think that's where that feeling comes from because it happens a lot in that there was so much hype behind the Lovely Bones that it just very much disappointed her when it came out. However, she did she also did the same thing where she recommended Seabolt's other books. She liked the other books better, particularly her memoir. So that recommendation was already there. But I don't want to make the same recommendation. So she just finished a book that she loved. Um, and her description has sold me on this book. This is from 2019, so it's relatively new. Uh, I don't okay. think it's lit up all the charts like Lovely Bones did. Um, that was kind of like in the zeitgeist at the time. So you may not have read this book, listener. Um, and it's called The Nanny. It's by Gilly McMillan. Have you heard of this book, Jess? Okay. So I'll, I'll read the back description, but I'll also riff on it because I know a little bit more about it now. So on a hot night in the summer of 1987, Hannah, the Holt family's nanny, left Lake Hall without a trace, devastating seven-year-old Joe, haunted by the loss of the woman she loved more than anyone. Joe grew up blaming her beautiful, aristocratic mother, Virginia. So the reason why she blames her mom is this is set in England to start. When she was a child, she was in England. The nanny leaves, doesn't tell Joe this, and 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 Joe's mom says, yeah, like yeah, she couldn't take you anymore watching you as as a child, so she just she just took off. Um, so there's where that there's where that tension comes in between between the mom and the daughter. Thirty years later, in the wake of tragedy, Joe returns to her faded childhood home and is forced to confront her troubled relationship with Virginia. Um, essentially and this is all beginning of the book but um, she loses her source of of income so i won't spoil what that is and then has to move from california back to her childhood home in england Um, and she spent most of her life in california at this point Um, so there's a big big culture jump there again because again her family aristocratic very wealthy so she has to like make that move back to england and now she's stuck with this mom that she hates but 
the fraught peace between mother and daughter phrase when a human skull is accidentally discovered in the lake behind the house, the first of several shocks that rock the estate. Suddenly, Joe finds herself questioning everything and learns one by one that her childhood recollections may not be what they seem. Who loves her? Who doesn't? And what really happened on that hot summer evening all those years ago? I think that fits pretty well because you have uh, you have a family drama within there. You have psychological tension within there. You have a murder mystery in there. Uh, and I know Lovely Bones is not really a murder mystery because you know who the killer is from the start. But you're watching it unfold as a murder mystery, I assume, because I haven't read it. So that one, I think, would be uh, helpful to this to this listener. Awesome. Well, sounds good. I think that I think we have some solid recommendations. I think so too. So, I hope they enjoy that book. Those books. Get back to us on it if you if you uh, enjoy. Yeah, if you hate them, then write in and just be like, "You guys are screw you." (laughs) Screw you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you. And we are, like I said before, we're looking for people to ask us for recommendation, um, for book recommendations. And so if you could go to our website, click on the Get Recommendation uh, button, and then fill out that form, that would be great. And we'll also have our Instagram in the show notes as well as our discord so you can follow us there you can recommend on discord have, too so come on down oh yeah we also have a um email newsletter that you, su- you can subscribe to to keep up with the blog posts that we post i'm actually doing this new thing where we post a list of all the literary magazines that are open for submissions and i post that on sundays we also I'm doing a post of the new books that release every single Tuesday because Tuesday is new release day in the publishing world. If you didn't know that. And yeah, we have a bunch of other cool blog posts that go up all the time. So yeah, make sure that you subscribe to our email newsletter so that you get those updates. And we'll see you all next week. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more books you shouldn't ever read. Yeah, well, hopefully hopefully we'll have good recommendations (laughs) or good things that we're reading next week. All right. Bye, Internet people.